You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now, check out all the good stuff we have, including, as I promised, uh, my seven-round mock draft here for 2020. Most comprehensive mock draft I do, they're counting down two weeks away from the 2020 NFL draft, and uh, that's the big event of the offseason yet to come. We've already had NFL free agency, and we're checking the pulse of all the teams around the league. Uh, we're deep into the AFC South now. We only have a couple more divisions left after this, the NFC West and AFC West, but we're through the Texans and Colts, and now we're at Jacksonville. We'll close the week looking at Tennessee and uh, where they kind of stand with some of the offseason developments, but kind of a uh, read where these teams are from a reality and fantasy football production perspective here so far going to the offseason. It's an usual offseason. We may not see teams in action until training camp or beyond. So they're still trying to sort it out and get these rosters all lined up. The division we're on right now, the AFC South, has had a lot of change. and We talked a lot about that with the Texans uh, without DeAndre Hopkins. The Colts getting Phillip Rivers is their quarterback. Well, the Jaguars haven't had too many changes. It's more the back-end changes, but it's still uh, maybe an indication of where they want to go here in 2020. So still an intriguing team, that's for sure. And we'll dive right into them here on the show. And uh, with the Jaguars, we'll focus on the biggest news of their offseason by far. They gave up on Nick Foles, made a big free agent acquisition of him last year. We know what happened week one. Against the Chiefs, he has the collarbone injury. Gardner Minshew comes in, and Minshew mania starts from both a reality and fantasy football perspective. He comes in, takes this uh, team kind of by storm, and uh, really shows that uh, he can be a special quarterback in this league. But we know he also had some ups and downs, as we would expect. I mean, he was a bit of a surprise rookie starter. We know that. But uh, quickly when uh, Foles went down, and they had the confidence there where we we wanted to get out of this Foles contract. Luckily for them, you had uh, the Bears willing to bail them out and needed a contingency plan there for Mitchell Trubisky. So let's look at uh, Minshew's numbers from last year. He started 12 games uh, with Foles getting back in there briefly before uh, Minshew went back to being the man. 21 touchdown passes to only six interceptions. 60.6 60.6 completion percentage, 3,271 yards, so 233 yards per game. Modest total, not gaudy by any means. They were a running team. Took 33 sacks, uh, had an okay yards per attempt. It ended up at only 7.0. So Minshew Mania wasn't as wild as we thought. He did also add 344 yards rushing. But, again, it was more the reality spark that he provided the offense and got things going when Foles was on the bench. I mean, that's not a bad total. Nearly a couple touchdown passes per game here. He had uh, three fourth quarter comebacks, three game winning drives. 
for the Jaguars, I think the biggest question is, are the Jaguars simply going to roll with Minshew, or are they going to think about taking a quarterback in the 2020 NFL draft? So that's going to be the, uh, the concern. Is it just Minshew's job now? Behind him is just the former Steelers draft pick, Josh Dobbs, as the potential number two. They have no other quarterbacks here. So the real question again, is Minshew just simply going to be the man now? Do they just want to move forward? He was definitely a popular player in their franchise last year. And uh, what do they do from there at quarterback? So certainly that's going to be the question mark. They have the potential to take a quarterback in the draft. That's for sure. I have them going in the first round with Justin Herbert. If you should fall, that's going to be the scenario if the Dolphins don't get uh, Tutag Viola and uh, somehow uh, Tua falls to the Chargers and then Minshew has uh, something to worry about there. And with uh, this, I mean, they went in really in the offseason early that it was really looking like it was going to be a Minshew-Foles competition and Doug Marone was going to figure it out. So that's why there's the bit of uncertainty there with what they're going to do going forward. So it's going to be very interesting uh, to watch. And the Jaguars, maybe they don't take a first-rounder, but maybe they look... Later, like a uh, Jordan Love available in the second round. They've got a lot of draft picks. They could look at Jalen Hurts. So uh, it's a wild card here what they're doing. And we used to kind of think the Jaguars were pretty predictable. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Jaguars do here. And are they going to be more aggressive in play with those extra picks? Would they be considering to attack Viola? So... It is uh, very, very intriguing here to, uh, to know what they're going to do here. And uh, again, they do have some needs defensively. Defensive line and linebacker need to upgrade their offensive line again here. So there's just a lot of question marks here. I mean, with how they feel about Minshew, they definitely made a mistake in the middle of last season when Foles returned to uh, put him back in the starting lineup. It was after the fallout of the London game, which wasn't very pretty for the Jaguars. So, again, that is the biggest wildcard team here. This is not knowing how interested they are in a quarterback early. I think they should be definitely be considering one later in the draft to project type. They do have Jake Fromm of Georgia, Jacob Eason with the big arm from Washington. And Jalen Hurts has that little appeal as a dual threat for the Jaguars as someone that could... Uh, just be dynamic, but again, it's Wang Minshew and uh, this offseason and how far you can get a guy up to speed. So I I think right now I would feel a good chance that Justin Herbert or Jordan Love enters the fray here for the Jaguars and that blows things up with Minshew. And with those numbers, you know there's some things that the Jaguars certainly can do in their passing game with the, their talented receiving core there with that DJ Chark leading the way, D.D. Westbrook working the slot as an everyman guy there that can catch everything. Chris Conley also as the big playmaker on the outside for the uh, Jaguars when they need it. So Keelan Cole, Marquise Lee still around. They could be looking for some wide receiver upgrading here. But yeah, I mean, it's not a bad passing game in terms of the weapons and the potential here, especially with the rebuilding defense here. 2020. We'll get more into them in a little bit. But again, Minshew right now, I think you have to look at 
a QB2 with some interest. Again, the numbers were not as big as you think because of the hype and some of the streaming potential that he had in uh, good matchups. Last year, we want to see some more consistency. Certainly, there can be an uptick with Minshew, especially if he's handed the job. If it's Herbert or Love or someone else coming in, it's almost certain that Minshew will be in the competition, but it'll be a little bit tilted toward that rookie quarterback. So, again, uh, Minshew gives you a little bit running. Didn't give you the touchdowns last year. But, again, used the weapons very well. Got the ball in the hands of Chark and others here pretty effectively. And uh, there is certainly some upside with Minshew, and that's the reason why they felt comfortable just – Moving on from Foles, who've provided very little of that in 2019 when he was able to be healthy with that collarbone at a very high, high price in the free agent market. We'll be back to talk about the other aspects of the Jaguars' offense in a moment, to looking at where the running game stands, uh, how they are looking at tight end and offensive line in a moment. But first, I got to tell you make sure you're checking out the great draft shows here on. The Locked On NFL Network, the two shows we have from the Draft Network. We've got Locked On NFL Draft, the flagship show, as well as Draft Dude. So if you want to learn all about these prospects, get in-depth, get some profiles, uh, interviews with them, and uh, kind of understand better what teams are thinking, the prospect values, the risers, fallers, uh, the board, and all that. You can go check out Sporting News, and you can also check out the Draft Network and listen to those couple podcasts here. And we'll have a lot more as we uh, pivot more to the draft uh, once we get uh, through this division. Uh, we'll do a little bit more draft stuff next week as we uh, intersperse our analysis of the uh, NFC and AFC West as well. We'll be right back here to uh, look again at the running game, wide receiver core, and uh, tight end changes here for Jacksonville in 2020. All right, let's pick up where we left off here talking about the Jaguars and the rest of their offense. We mentioned Chark. Chark is a legitimate wide receiver one candidate. He was that special last year. I mean, the numbers were fantastic for DJ Chark last year for sure. I mean, he had 1,008 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. Pretty solid there at that position. 73 catches. He could have been a little bit more with the uh, injury issues that, uh, b- that popped up a little bit for DJ Chark. But overall, I mean, pretty good numbers for sure. Uh, he was uh, very good as a number one receiver. We thought he was just a speed demon out of LSU, but he proved to be a very uh, complete guy there for the Jaguars. A very good season. I mean, he had 118 targets, very healthy number there. Again, he only played 15 games. So this number, probably going to be close to 1,100 yards, maybe nine TDs there. Very solid season from Chark. So I don't expect that to change. He, he's li- Established himself as a fantasy and reality force as a number one, and certainly in the conversation for wide receiver one, with the kind of chemistry established in Minshew and probably going to be the go-to guy for others. Now, D.D. Westbrook had his moments to more of a PPR guy, 66 catches for 660 yards there and three TDs for Westbrook. That's what you thought. So really a wide receiver four or five in this mix. Chris Conley didn't do enough consistently here to be a factor in uh, the passing game. I mean, he had some moments. Marquise Lee, I think they'd be trying to replace him. Keelan Cole is kind of on the edge here of this receiving core anyway. So everything is going to be pretty much uh, stirred by Chark here and has a chance for a big season as he settles in into his uh, third year as a pro here and can really do some damage. 
Now, the Jaguars finally decided to splurge a little bit of tight end. They had those mix of guys that they've been shuffling in and out. Uh, last year they had uh, last year they had Jeff Swaim of the Cowboys kind of come into the mix. He got hurt pretty easily. They've had different guys set to valve. James O'Shaughnessy is still around, but they went out and got Tyler Eifert here. And uh, that's going to be interesting to watch how he gets a chance in this offense. Tyler Eifert uh, really faded quickly with the Bengals. They gave him an opportunity there to have a rebound season on a one-year deal. Didn't get too much. He was kind of an odd man out there in the Zach Taylor offense. We really thought they'd make better use of Eifert, but we saw that was not the case. So he gets a two-year deal here, and he's a little older. He's going into his age 30 season here. So, I mean, last year, 43 catches, 436 yards, and three TDs. And that was a little usage in an offense. So we'll have to see here. Can he be a big uh, factor here? Now, the key is uh, Jay Gruden is the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars. So that is something to monitor here that when Jay Gruden was the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, Tyler Eifert was a big-time red zone force. He likes the tight end. So obviously Eifert off the radar in fantasy for a while. He's had the injury issues. Stayed healthy for the whole season. That was the big news in Cincinnati, but not used as well. So if he can stay on the field, watch out. I mean, they were careful with him last year. That really helped him get through a healthy season, which is important to have that confidence here. And uh, I know there were some other guys that could cut into his work with uh, C.J. Uzuma kind of relieving the pressure. They had the rookie Drew Sample as well. But you look at it, O'Shaughnessy has pretty much been a block blocking type here. And uh, so we know Eifert's uh, biggest value when he was a tight end one was touchdown dependent. And that's, that's going to be really the key here is that can he establish himself as that player again with Gruden? We know Gruden likes a tight end. He just didn't have the options consistently with Washington with uh, Jordan Reed hurting and uh, Vernon Davis getting older and had his moments. But they certainly the one to throw the tight end, get that position involved in this offense. So that's a big pivot for the Jaguars where uh, they're going to have the influence of uh, Jay Gruden right under uh, what Doug Marone does. So. There is some upside, certainly, for Eifert to have a big rebound season in this offense. And a very talented guy, big body, still very good at that. 6'6", 255, uses a body well position in the red zone. So, totally off the radar last year. He was a deep, deep sleeper as a tight end, too. I think he starts as that this year, too, because we're not sure of the usage again, the health, durability issues, a factor as well as coordinating whether it's going to be Minshew and he has a good chemistry there with a second-year QB, or if he becomes a security blanket and maybe even a bigger deal for a rookie QB that might be starting here for the Jaguars in 2020. So that's an exciting development for sure with Tyler Eifert in the mix. they got to switch up their offensive line. They did get Juwan Taylor in the draft, spent a lot of money on Andrew Norwell. Brandon Linder is the dean of this front, but kind of weak at left tackle with Cam Robinson, a guy that you can't totally trust. Been disappointing uh, there since he came in the league. And A.J. Can at right guard. So I think those are the two things they can upgrade there. Those positions, uh, left tackle and right guard, help the run blocking a little bit. Speaking of the running game, they still have Leonard Fournette. We know that is their feature back. We had some controversy stirred up by Jalen Ramsey suggesting that Fournette should be out of the mix there in Jacksonville and find another home. But for now, this is his best shot. They still give him pretty good volume 
Last year, Raquel Armstead is his backup, capable of doing a lot of things, a little bit underrated in the passing game as well. For Fournette, I mean, you look at the numbers last year, 1,152 yards rushing, only three TDs. That was the disappointing thing on the ground. But a shot up his uh, yards per carry to 4.3, so that certainly helped. He did have 100 targets last year, caught 76 balls for 522. So other than the touchdowns, it was a very fruitful season. I think some people were just so disappointed in Fournette's season. But when you look at it overall, I mean, that is a, that is a pretty healthy number there. You get uh, 1,674 yards from scrimmage. Uh, very involved in the passing game. The question is, are the Jaguars going to go and invest in a receiving back that's going to cut into that load for Fournette? Is Jay Gruden going to be happy with Fournette did in the passing game last year out of necessity when they moved on from TJ Yeldon and Armstead again? Capable backup, pretty good straight-up handcuff if something were to happen to Fournette. But the biggest news also for Fournette is he stayed healthy for much of the season, only missing one game. That was breaking news after only playing eight games in 2018. So he stayed healthy. He put up all those yards from scrimmage. Touchdowns, again, touchdown, there can be positive regression, as uh, we know very easily in this league. He had a few more chances to punch it in, and he's on his way to a solid RB1 finish in uh, PPR leagues. And he already pretty much borderline had that status with the volume. Again, 76 for 522. It's very good in PPR for a back. A few more touchdowns. He would have really outproduced uh, where he was drafted. And keep in mind, people were disappointed after being burned by him as a first-round pick early. He was more borderline RB2 last year, and he got good returns in that sense if you weren't in such a touchdown-dependent league with Leonard Fournette. So I think biggest thing, I think Jaguars will be in the market for a change of pace back. They need that. They can't wear down Fournette. I know he's able to stay healthy last year. Armstead's a good swing backup, but I think they need like a pure change of pace receiving option. And again, we know Jay Gruden has employed Chris Thompson. He hasn't gone after anyone like that, such as Thompson himself in free agency to help the Jaguars passing game. But overall, I mean, you have to look at this team and uh, say that Fournette's the guy right now. I think you look at him as an RB1 in the standard and PPR, assuming the touchdowns go up, but we just want to monitor that they don't get a guy that's a third down specialist and takes that aspect of Fournette's game out of the way. I don't see that's a pretty efficient season there, and uh, it'll be a little bit easier to run an offense when you can have a guy who can stay out there for three downs and not telegraph and specialize like the uh, Redskins often had to do with Chris Thompson coming in there behind either Adrian Peterson or Darius Geis in Washington. So there you have a look at the big changes there. Leonard Fournette, Tyler Eifert, two other big aspects of what the Jaguars want to do offensively. Or Eifert, the newcomer, Fournette coming off a durable year. We still have to talk about the Jaguars' defense. There's some big changes there that we have to uh, break down here and the status of where they can end up here producing in 2020. But first, got to tell you, make sure that uh, you're gearing up here for the mock draft special that we have coming up here. It's going to just roll through next week. Picks uh, all over the board. Uh, guys on the clock through our correspondent network for our team-by-team team podcast. So every team will get their shot. It, it's a special all next week. So check it out here on the network. Uh, good, good stuff there. We'll be right back here to break down the Jaguars defense and kind of break down their outlook 
in the AFC South for 2020. All right, let's continue looking at the Jaguars' defense here. They've lost Calais Campbell. They moved him in a trade there to the Ravens, so dean of their defense. Uh, gone, Yannick Agakwe's franchise tag with the other defensive end, but we have to see if they're going to retain him here after this uh, kind of tumultuous kind of tagging situation where he's kind of teased that he really wants to be traded away to the Eagles. But this is a young pass rusher. They just moved on from Campbell. They want a good bookend with Josh Allen, their first-round pick, who is a very accomplished pass rusher. That's why they thought they could move Campbell because Allen and Agakwe would be their edges here. So I think they could look in the middle. They have Avery Jones and Taven Bryan, so maybe getting a Derek Brown of Auburn there in the middle or a Javon Kinlaw could really help the Jaguars in the middle get a little bit of pass rushing presence on the inside for this uh, defense. I think that would be nice. Again, Avery Jones, Brian, okay combination, but uh, nothing confused with one of the top combinations in the league. And again, if they keep in the Gokwe and he signs the tender, him and Allen can really wreak havoc on the edges here. At linebacker, they had a big change, bringing in Joe Schobert. So IDP-wise, this could be a great situation for Joe Schobert. We saw a few years ago Paul Puzlesny making a lot of plays there. We had Telvin Smith, who... Uh, was a big playmaker for the Jaguars as well. So, again, Schobert in the middle here, signed from the Browns. Stuffed the stat sheet pretty well. He had some deficiencies at times for the Browns making plays, but in the end, he does have a nose for the ball, getting sacks, uh, some takeaways, tackles as well. So, Schobert certainly has that appeal. He's going to be cleaning up a lot if they don't uh, shore up the defensive tackle in the middle of the field uh, situation. They did lose Marcel Darius from that rotation. So that's something to watch. They have Miles Jack still in the mix, trying to make plays. A player we're looking for potentially as they target the draft, if it's not Derek Brown or a quarterback, is Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson, can do a lot. They have Quincy Williams right now. He's kind of a safety, strong side linebacker hybrid there playing. But Schobert certainly cleans things up. He's just going to be a guy solid. May not be spectacular at times, but in the end, He's going to have the stats stuffed and a pretty good sheet there for him. So helpful to Miles Jack and Quincy Williams. The secondary, however, I mean, this is not what it was. Just a couple years ago, we had Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie and uh, Tayshawn Gibson. This was an impressive, impressive group. Those guys are all gone. Now Trey Herndon and Rashawn Melvin, who they signed, are the uh, corners here with that Bowie and Ramsey. Uh, just two years removed from that combination. Jared Wilson, free safety is a little bit of a weak spot for them as well. DJ Hayden is, might be their best defensive back working the slot, so they're pretty good there. Uh, the Jaguars can contain that spot, but again, Herndon and Melvin, not the most reliable starters there. So pretty vulnerable team on the back end here. Uh, Ronnie Harrison is a big body, plays like an extra linebacker as well to uh, complement Williams and Jack, but again... Uh, Secondary is definitely a vulnerable spot, and the Jaguars can be thrown on a pretty efficiency. So that you look at uh, the Texans with Deshaun Watson, the Colts now with uh, Philip Rivers, and the Titans uh, had a very successful downfield throwing season with Ryan Tannehill. So that makes the Jaguars very vulnerable. They're going to need a lot, and that puts the emphasis on the pass rush. Where Ngakwe is pretty critical here to have with Allen, or they could get really lost in the wash. And again, this is why Schobert has IDP appeal. 
because they're going to be on the field quite a bit and give up some plays, and uh, Schobert's going to have to make some tackles, and we'll get a lot of opportunities uh, to put up those stats here in IDP leagues here in 2020. So to me, I think the Jaguars clearly trend as the worst team in the division. Again, that could put up uh, some garbage numbers. That's also been a containment for Leonard Fournette and being able to uh, use him as much and uh, close the deal on their drive. So a lot of uh, question marks here, certainly for the Jaguars defensively uh, as they make big transitions from what they were a few years ago, just a completely elite unit from top to bottom. Here now they have plenty of holes where it's going to put their quarterback situation there, maybe in a high-volume passing game and catch-up mode here, and that could uh, cut into Fournette's value. But to recap with the Jaguars, I think you have to start with Minshew as a QB2 to watch, and we'll have to see, again, if they switch and uh, bring out their quarterback to compete or a higher-drafted rookie to pretty much be the guy. D.D. Chark is a wide receiver one. I think you have to treat D.D. Westbrook more of as a wide receiver four in PPR. Chris Conley off the radar. Tyler Eifert, a nice sleeper, tight end two, who could have some tight end one value if he's used properly in the red zone by Jay Gruden. Leonard Fournette still looking like an RB1, but we have to see what develops in trying to get a uh, third down back to uh, complement him and uh, ease the pressure on him and the volume after a fully healthy season there in 2020. So there you have it. There's a look at the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, a team with some intrigue and more fantasy value than you think here for 2020. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NFL Draft. Have a great day. See you tomorrow with a look at the Tennessee Titans.